Welcome to the Companion Briefing Podcast. This week, commencing May 24th, we're going to discuss Kevin Feige's comments about the Ancient One and the new teaser for Eternals. Talk about some of the content you might have missed on the Companion, as well as tease what we've got coming this week and much more. I'm your host, Tommy Terry Green, and I'm joined by our editor, James Hoare. Hi, James. Hello, Tommy. How the devil are you? Yeah, really good. It was a it was a slow news week, and then like everything happened in the last ten minutes before recording this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're like, what are we going to talk about? Oh, let's talk about Kevin Feige and the Ancient One, and then bam, Feige obviously listening, trying to get himself off the news agenda. Release trailer for the Eternals. So I suppose we should start with the Eternals trailer uh, teaser, I should say. It's hard to differentiate between a teaser and a trailer these days because what is the difference now? No, I mean, the, the environment's completely changed and it's just one enormous sausage machine of clips and sound bites and noises that take us right through to the release. Call it whatever you want. The sequence of clips that we saw <laughs> was... Uh, <laughs> The work, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> it was, uh, it was great. It looks cool. I'm, I'm intrigued. I love all these like weird choices that Marvel do that aren't just your uh, Spider Mans and your Iron Mans. I, like, I like it when they go a bit left field, and this is a bit left field. So we're absolutely kind of post the quote unquote superhero movie as a genre now, where you can just put a Marvel logo on something, dig out something from the old back catalogue, stick it on the big screen and we'll go and see it as long as the, the cast are great and the, the director has, has form and that's exactly what's happening here. And that's really the thing that I think DC and Warner need to catch up with because they're still trying to get their their big mascots to work. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And obviously the director in question here is Chloe Zhao who just ran riot at the Oscars. Obviously uh, her film Nomadland even took the biggest prize of the night, Best Picture. So I'm really interested to see what she's going to deliver here. I think we've spoken about this before off air, but Nomadland has such an interesting, natural, realistic look to it. And I think you can see that already from the trailer that this is the exact same. There was a new story recently about how there's no like crazy green screen sets and that Eternals was filmed in all these real locations that were beautiful and amazing. And again, you can see that from this sequence of clips. Yeah, it's a completely different tack in terms of how do directors of these kind of movies make us believe it? And we've come a, such a long way from like the, you know, the first wave of Marvel movies where, you know, you put Kenneth Branagh behind the camera on Thor and his technique for making us believe it is to just have all the characters shout it at you. Believe it, this is real. They shout over and over again. Anthony Hopkins and his stenorous tones, like a stegosaurus of, the stage and now we just get to see the real world but with some super gods wandering around in it including two yeah. starks we get two starks for our money it's true we do kit harrington and richard madden are both are both in eternals i think most people are very excited to see angelina jolie in it because uh she's not really had a big role like this in a while since maybe maleficent amazing doesn't she yeah i mean that's another thing there's another beauty of these movies like you get angelina jolie in it um, and then you kind of have free reign to just do what you want with the rest of the cast. Like she's bringing in the AAA business, and is this her first comic book movie, or at least her first superhero movie? I think it is. Well, um, no, unless you get Wanted. Yeah, I knew you were going to come swinging in with Wanted. 
Um, but obviously, okay. once it moved so far away from the comic book that it's we, we can't really include it. It was like a comic m- book movie that was ashamed of being based on a comic book. That's true. Yeah, that's completely true. But yeah, it looks great. It's released November 5th, so I'm sure we're going to start seeing lots more teased throughout the year now. But speaking of Kevin Feige, um, I don't know, I just assumed first name familiarity. <laughs> yeah. We need to talk about Kevin, don't we? We do. <laughs> Very nice, we do. Um, I'm glad so you he... laughed at that, because you must have seen it coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a nice tie in there as well with uh, Tilda Swinton, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, she was cast as the Ancient One in the first Doctor Strange movie. Um, when did that come out? I can't even remember. 2016? I think since COVID, I've just lost all perception of time now, and everything is either last year or when I was 10. So it's, and obviously, there's quite a lot of time that is not in those two units. Um uh, in the comic book, the Ancient One is an Asian man. It's the kind of the typical sort of archetypal sort of Asian mystic teacher figure of which kind of both Marvel and DC comics had in abundance over the 60s and the 70s. And I think Kevin's instinct to run really, really far away from that was the correct one, much as his instinct to run really, really far away from the Mandarin which was obviously a kind of Fu Manchu-esque, super dated, yellow peril kind of Victorian villain with enormous fingernails and a, a dodgy kind of droopy moustache. Um, so, yeah, he ran. He ran, and full credit to him, we're cheering him all the way. But the thing is, he ran towards white people. <laughs> yeah. I think we have to start treating sort of issues like this as if there's a line and the setting of zero is when you're not doing anything bad and you're not doing anything good either and really we should be aiming to do something good shouldn't we we should be looking at have been in the, in the plus numbers um but yeah so you, you remove the racism from your movie and that gets you to zero but it's also an opportunity to actually do something and say something interesting do something better and has had a little bit of a, a a track record of not using it as an opportunity to do something better. And I think that all kicked off around the time that Iron Fist came out on Netflix. Yeah. Basically, what, what Kevin Feige has come out and said this uh, week, uh, I think it was reported on Deadline, is that they made a mistake. I think they were so afraid of running into the cliche and running into problems of you know tropes and stereotypes that actually what they did was well the the uproar from it was a wake up call and they had an opportunity to both avoid the stereotype and the cliche but still cast an asian actor like that there's it's not one or the other so um he's he's sort of come out apologized for that and realized that and um you know i, th- I think we're going to see going forward particularly with something like shang chi that marvel studios are going in the right direction again now yeah, I mean, as always, it's an opportunity to say something interesting. And I think all comic books are guilty of strip mining Asian culture and mysticism for kind of fodder. You know, what would Frank Miller's career be if it wasn't a succession of different Marvel characters fighting off Ninja? It would be sort of, there'd be, there'd be basically... 300 that would be the only thing he'd ever released so 
like we know that's a thing. We know that's a trope. We know that's quote unquote true to the comics, but we have this opportunity now where you can use say something more interesting. Should the ancient one have been Asian? Dunno. Should Doctor Strange potentially have had more Asian characters or better Asian characters? Should Marvel have more Asian characters or better Asian characters? Absolutely yes. And then it won't matter if a crude sort of stereotype that should have been left in the 1920s is is somehow recast as a white woman. Absolutely. So why don't we talk about last week on The Companion? We We had a really fun, I thought it was fun, we had a really fun Stargate, Star Wars crossover fan theory piece. Do you want to talk about that, James? Oh, absolutely. That was um, one of my favourite writers on The Companion, Ben Falk. He kind of really trawled the deep end of, of Reddit where natural light does not penetrate and kind of scraped together all these really bizarre, ever so slightly unconvincing arguments that um, Star Wars and Stargate share the same universe. Um, it, was, it was just a bit of fun. I don't think we were intending to win anyone over. The, one of the best things about The Companion is that Brad Wright will just appear in the comments to tell you that you did better than him in a quiz or <laughs> or to debunk a, a fan theory. Yeah, it really is the best of The Companion in every possible sense because I think what we do that no one else is brave enough to do or can do is really reflect the way that the fan community actually talks about their favourite shows because they don't sit there like discussing castings and all the things that the, the the trades do. They sit there talking about stuff like this, about whether or not like ascended beings are the same as force ghosts. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We also saw the release of the next issue of Sci-Fi Now Plus with a, a nice conjuring cover feature. Yes, we did. We also had an interview with uh, Zack Snyder. The final thing that we put out last week was a survey for companion readers. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, I mean, it might sound like we are trying to, I don't know, put some some garnish on a bit of admin here. But honestly, we just do what you tell us to do. Like if you visit a companion, you want to see something, you want to read a particular article, you want to see a particular show covered, like seriously, tell us and we'll do it. So what about companion content coming up this week, James? This week's major content release is the second episode of Brad Wright's Conversations in Sci-Fi. And Brad has invited aboard um, one of the actors that he's closest to, which is Ben Browder, who played Cameron Camshaft Mitchell and Farscape's John Crichton. And it was our very own Tommy, a man so much like yourself that it is indeed yourself who produced it. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is one of my favourite episodes, which I feel like is something I say every time I promote something on here. You're um, contractually obliged to say that, but yes, It's so on. true, yeah. <laughs> um, it is, it's really a great episode that there's lots of talks about kind of just craft, directing, writing, acting, but they also just have a lot of fun. There's some great Stargate anecdotes in there. Uh, it's it's going to be a really fun listen. I think it's going to be one of the longest episodes of any podcast that we've put out so far. So, yeah, make sure you put aside a lot of time for the um, for this release on Thursday. Is there is there any Farscape content for the real heads? There's some Farscape talk for sure. Uh, it's the first time that we've actually included some listener questions that are recorded and then played live to Ben and Brad. So 
tune in if you left one of those messages because you may hear your own voice on the podcast. And uh, likewise, if you want to leave a recording for Amanda Tapping when she records to appear on episode three, uh, you can find that on the companion.app. What else have we got coming this week, James? Right, coming tomorrow, there is an analysis piece on Stargate Death Now, which was another one of the episodes submitted by our readers for the fa- for their favourite Sam Carter episodes, their most inspirational Sam Carter moments. And it's a really, really interesting one. And I argue that it breaks all the established rules of a Sam Carter episode. But if you want to know more about that, you're going to have to check that out tomorrow on the companion.app because I'm not giving you any more right now. You've had your beans. You've had your beans is not a thing that people say. (laughs) I don't think it's going to take off either, if I'm honest with you. (laughs) Let me try and make it happen. As always, if you have any questions about The Companion, and James seriously wants you to ask them, um, or anything else for that matter, you can send them through to tommy at thecompanion.app. Is there anything else this week, James? Uh, No, that is absolutely everything. I've been James Hoare and you've had your beans. Until next time. Thanks a lot.